for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Joshua Red Udek. How's it going today, Joshua? Oh, shit. You almost Good. nailed the pronunciation that time. What's that? It's Utec. You almost nailed it. Oh, <laughs> I was rolling, and then, okay, Utec, that's sorry. Like, that's okay, man. I, I just thought I'd mess with you. On the <laughs> <laughs> oh boy but uh before we uh, get back with joshua here i want to remind everybody uh waco awards uh voting and nomination is live right now so go vote for the live and amplified live cast for best podcast of the year for the waco awards so just visit wacoawards.com slash voting and then uh scroll down to the podcast of the year and type in live and amplified livecast. if you could do that for us that'd be absolutely great um if you're watching us live on facebook i will post the link in the comment thread or if you're listening later on on spotify itunes whatever it'll be in the uh, description box as well so if you could do that that'd be much appreciated but back to the uh, conversation at hand, Joshua. Uh, glad to have you on. Glad to sit down and chat with you. Um, how's uh, how are things going in Washington? Like I know it's probably weather's probably pretty cool there. Or what's what's the deal up in it's, Washington? It just kind of flipped in the last week to like really fall typical Washington weather. It's like been raining the last couple of days. It's starting to get cold again. Uh, but we had a really good summer, man. It was like pretty hot. We had a couple of heat waves. We had a gnarly one in like, I think it was in June. Oh yeah. I, rem I remember seeing that on uh, the news that you guys were hitting triple digits and you've never like never done that or something. Yeah. Oh. We broke some records and it's funny one. I work a little side job on occasionally on the weekend making coffee and I just happened to be working in this one shop I don't usually work in that didn't have AC. It was like the hottest day of the year. And we were slammed busy like the whole day. And the lady I was working with was not so pleasant. And it was just like, wow, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, especially making coffee when it's hot. That just kind of seems... Yeah, and then you get like people who are like, "Can I get three, you know, ice?" Or he didn't say ice. Can I get three lattes? Where I'm okay, and I'm like busy of making them all. He goes, "This is supposed to be iced." And I'm like, "You gotta say ice, man!" Like, or I make it hot. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, if you make it hot, can you just add ice to that, or is it not that that's simple? Not how you do it. Basically, okay. you make an ice drink. It's kind of funny. I like to joke about it because like. <laughs> You may get a big, big iced latte. It's like you just take the cup and you fill it with milk, mm -hmm. and then you just dump one little shot of espresso on top. So it's just like a big glass of milk with like this tiny bit of like concentrated coffee on top. So it's basically watered down espresso, pretty much, or milk down, I guess. Milk down, yeah. Milk down, yeah. Uh, so you're basically cutting espresso. That's cool. And now that you're doing it, because that's what I used to drink like ice lattes and stuff when i was living out in new mexico that was kind of like my go-to drink and now that you mention it that does make a lot of sense because i try and watch what they were doing and yeah so oh then you just put ice on top but yeah it's basically just a giant glass of milk i mean i don't know which is fine yeah 
Gotcha. Cool. Well, first off, thank you for joining us. Um, before we kind of jump into the new EP and the single and all the music you got going on, uh, what's kind of your background story? What got you into music? Uh, I started, I've probably been singing since as long as I can remember. Um, was in like the church choir and stuff, singing around the house, the family. I have a really big family. And so there was lots of different music influences in the house. I have six brothers and three sisters, you know? Uh, so everything like my dad listened to the country. One of my brothers was in like Bob Marley and reggae. My sister was into like Depeche Mode and stuff like that. And then I had my brothers who kind of would like introduce me to like, you know, Megadeth and Metallica and then also into like hip hop and, yeah. um, so yeah, that was that. And then I was, so then I was always singing, um, just loved singing. I loved like training my voice, like mimicking artists' voices and trying to hit the notes they were hitting. And fast forward, I got into a band in high school. Um, that was really fun. We did like the talent show and stuff. And then, and then I was in another band in high school. Then after kind of went into after high school. And when that broke up, I'd always wanted to play guitar, but I never really learned. And then I was living with the bassist of that band at the time. And then he sold me uh, his guitar. And when the band broke up, I was like, well, now I better start learning an instrument so I can write songs. You know, I'd, I'd been writing songs with those bands, but it was, wasn't until I started learning to play the guitar that this door like opened and I was writing my own music and lyrics, you know? And so that really, took my songwriting to like another level i mean that was like 20 years ago but yeah so it's just a passion man it's like i you know that if you ever think about like quitting something and i just could never see myself quitting music ever no matter if it goes this goes anywhere you know it'll always be like well i'll always try to be performing in like clubs and bars and writing songs and you know so cool cool and then you met brought up your uh family and your brothers and your sisters that kind of introduced you to different types of genres and stuff yeah. like that. Did any of, do any of them play music, write music, sing anything like that? Uh, no, but one of my brothers played drums for a little while. Okay. Uh, my other brother was, was a really, really good drummer and even played with a band called the accused, which they were kind of a hard rock. Almost. I want to say, I don't really know their stuff. Like they were kind of hard rock punk. Mm -hmm. but he went on tour with them to Europe when he was young. Um, yeah, he was really, really incredible, but he doesn't, I don't know if he's playing anymore. Uh, we're kind of lost touch over the years, uh, mm -hmm. but gotcha. not a lot of active musicians in my family other than myself, I guess. Gotcha. 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 And then, so you're uh, based out of Washington, just out of, outside of Seattle. Uh, are you born raised in Washington or where are you from originally? Yeah, I grew up in Bellevue, which is uh, probably one of the other bigger cities uh, now since it's been growing. But um, yeah, it's one of the other bigger cities just um, east of Seattle mm -hmm. by about 15, 20 minutes. Cool. You lived in yeah. Bellevue before it was big and cool. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and before it got like really ritzy. Yeah. It's kind of ritzy now. There's a lot of money there. Like, my dad was just driving me through their neighborhood now and all there's all these big million dollar houses now it's crazy yeah that, that's kind of all this like little like one story or two story like ramblers and like you know blue collar i would say it's like blue collar bellevue yeah that, that's kind of what happened where i grew up i grew up on the south side of chicago 
in the town I grew up in, as we were leaving, you could kind of see the development happening. But now you go there and there's like these half million uh, $750,000 houses. And it's just like, where'd all this money come from? Like, it's ridiculous. So crazy. Yeah. It's a big change from like, if you're in downtown Seattle and there's, it's been cleaning up a little bit, but it's become a little bit, I don't know how to, what the word is, but you know, a lot of homeless and mm. just maybe it's just, there's been a lot of talk about it around here about like the yeah. policy and why things have gotten with. If you go over to Bellevue, it's just like clean and like yeah. neat and you know, it's very yeah bougie, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. No, we, we have the same problem where uh, here, I'm in uh, central Texas now and we have like a lot of homeless issues. And then you travel down to like Austin and it's, they're trying their best to clean it up, but yeah. Yeah. But you go up to Dallas and you go into some of those neighborhoods that it's just like, mm, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's, that's just such an interesting, but also like kind of a difficult topic, I guess, you know, it's like, I don't have the answers. I don't know what you're supposed to do about that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. hundred no, percent agree. Um, yeah. So you said you've been playing for not to try and, age you out or anything but you said you've been playing for about over 20 years or yeah i uh started playing when i was about right before i turned 21 started okay. playing guitar yeah so i'm, I'm 42 and okay. loving life man but yeah it's really fun i was with, with a friend yesterday uh and we we're playing guitar together which is nice because i play solo most of the time so it's it's nice to still connect with somebody and get that feed off the energy um he's like man you're getting better every time we play and i was like that's great and i was like i've got a long way to go to get even Wait. where i where i want to be but yeah, yeah um, i love it man it's no slowing down yeah absolutely and so you're you're mainly a solo acoustic act right now uh, but you had mentioned that you in high school you were in a band do you ever have dreams and aspirations of starting up another band or do you just kind of like the reliability of being a solo act uh, I think I do want to build a band around me again. Um, before it was like they would have there'd be a band name or something. I do want to stick with focusing on my solo. That's my main focus is my solo act, mm -hmm. and my material. But it would be nice to get a, a drummer and a bassist, you know, mm -hmm. That's maybe all I would need. It, it could help to have an extra guitar at some point. But yeah, that'd be nice. I just it's over the years, I've just noticed how difficult it can be to keep a band together. Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it's just because of my age yeah you know if some people, well that's kind of how people get a different job and they're going to travel or they got married and have a kid and you know priorities change yeah that's 100 percent what it is you know and that's kind of a few weeks ago we had this conversation on a radio show that we do about the death of the band and the rise of the project and basically they were defining a project as it's one singular person. It's a full band, but one singular person. So it'd be Joshua Utech. But then all the other in, uh, musicians are just kind of hired guns, so to speak. Yeah. And so it's just like, you know, because it's so much easier right now to, instead of trying to orchestrate a schedule for a full band, it's like, nope, I'm going to book this schedule and whatever bass player can play, whatever drummer can play the schedule, you know, and whatever. And they just kind of book it out that way. Yeah. That may be the direction I'm going to head in. I don't, not sure. I mean, it's, it's great to have people that you can build a rapport with and, and even a friendship, you know, and almost like mm -hmm. this relationship you build with each other. 
because you can have a band break up and it's like it's like a, a relationship breaking up. It can be heartbreaking. Um, but it's it's something I always did want to do was play. So I just love that like intimacy of like just the the instrument and the voice, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Completely and that understood. Too, of being by yourself and you know making sure you're hitting all those notes because there's nothing else there to kind of drown out any mistakes um yeah yeah gotcha completely understood um so kind of moving forward with your musical career you just really just released a single for the upcoming ep that you have coming out uh what's the name of this single um and what's kind of the what was kind of the idea behind it uh it's called a little bit of change and I decided to name the EP that as well, because I've been going through a a lot of changes in the last five, six years of my life, but a really big one happened almost three years ago uh, when I uh, was in a different, it's crazy how fast things will change over a short amount of time, but I was uh, drinking a lot back then. And I was a little bit, I guess, just lost emotionally and like mentally, like where I was going in life and how I was dealing with issues and I was drinking and driving, got in a really bad wreck, got in trouble with the law, you know, and that was really the turning point in my life to like get serious about my music. And so that song was actually written like 18 years ago, but I really liked the vibe of it. It's kind of like more of a rock, rock tune. And it has a really simple lyrical lines of just like, all I want is a little bit of change in my life. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what we frame the video around was like the DUI crash and how life has changed. Um, and so it's really just about that. Like you just need like one little change to take you on a different path, you know, one little step at a time to change your life for the better, um, leaving old bad habits behind or whatever it may be, you know, it's different for everybody, but, um, yeah. So that's kind of where that vibe is at. Gotcha. And you, so you wrote that song 18 years ago. Um, and you decided to name the EP after a little bit of change or so that's kind of the um, title track. I get yeah. that right. That's what they call it. Title track. Title track. Yeah. Um, so w- when you were getting right, re- when you were forming the idea for the EP, you, I'm assuming you already knew you wanted to incorporate a little bit of change into the EP or what was kind of the thought press thought process going into the EP? I guess, let me just ask that straight out. Um, you know, it was kind of, it's just been like seat of my pants, I guess a little bit. It was like, okay, I know I'm going to do this longer. The one I released, the first one I released last year was only four songs. This one I was like, I want it to be longer. I want to add a remix of a pretty popular song I put on the first EP. So I knew how many, about how many songs I wanted. There's seven on there. Actually, mm-hmm. There's eight, including there's like one F word in one song. So we, we put a clean version in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there's eight songs, but yeah, there's a little bit of a theme because I wanted to add like, I didn't want every song to be like, Oh, it's sad, sad, sad. And then have it be, there's a couple songs about change. So I wanted that kind of a little bit of a theme of, you know, you can see there's pain here and then you can see, Oh, look, look how he, now he's being optimistic. Good. Yeah. It's not it's not all just like depressing. Um, and then there's a love song in there as well. And a little bit of change isn't really a, de- is kind of a song about like hope and change. So yeah, I did try to put the songs in an order that would be 
because there's a love song, then there's a little bit of change. And then there's like songs about like loss and pain. And then there's songs about like new days ahead of you. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the, I wanted to try to put some kind of theme there. Um, yeah. And then, and then as I, I, I was, it wasn't until just a couple of months ago, I think we had just finished recording a little bit of change. And I was like, what am I going to call the EP? And then I was like, oh, that's perfect. It's, yeah. That's what it should be called. So, yeah. yeah. And then, so I, as you were kind of going through the song selection process, were these all songs that you had already previously written or reused? Were you kind of specifically writing for this EP? These had all been written. Um, I got the list right here, actually. One, two, three, four, about a little over half of them mm -hmm. have been written, you know, sometimes some of them almost 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And there's a few of them that have been written in just the last few years. Um, okay. So they've, they're all pretty much pre-written. It's just, yeah. you know, I just kind of. Really, yeah. I wasn't really writing while I was in the process of recording. We started recording, I think back in December. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and then for one interesting question that I'm kind of intrigued about is since it's been a, for some of the songs over 10 years since you've written them, uh, how have the songs kind of changed over the course of those years or like from the original intent to how they're going to be presented on the album or are they all pretty much the same? Uh, no, it's, I've talked, I have a little podcast that I do um, and I talked about them. This one episode was how, at least as a writer and a performer, I guess if you're just a writer, it might be different. But for me as a performer, when I'm practicing singing these songs, and I've gone through these different relationships since I wrote this song about that one girl, but then it kind of changes and morphs and now you're singing it. And it's like, now I'm thinking about this other person. It's still the same words and everything. And it's not like the vibe has really changed, but the feelings are different because there's a different person involved that you're thinking about when you're singing it. Um, I try to keep them the same as far as the sounds, you know, but mm -hmm. Um, but I like did, the, the me, like the meaning will change a little bit. Is that kind of where you're? I guess to me it does. Uh -huh. you know, like the feeling of the emotion. The emotions can be very similar to how it was originally, but it's like now I'm. I had one called "Way Past the Hills." I released on the first EP, and I remember when I wrote that, I was about a girlfriend that like moved away to a different state, like moved home. But then years later, I went through a divorce, and. I was thinking about my ex-wife while I was singing that song. So it was just interesting how that kind of morphs and changes through your life and yeah. through all the different stuff. Um, so uh, basically what you're getting at is over the course of the years of different life experiences, and I'm assuming you've played these songs at live sets yeah. previously and uh, recalling different emotions during the multiple times you've played them before, just kind of like the meaning and the feelings kind of changed for you. Yeah, I did change on one song. I changed a few lyrics that were a little bit juvenile. Um, as I've tried, I've kind of matured a little bit. So I was like, you know, I think I'm going to take that line out. It was something about like hot women or something. And I was like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm going to change that line to be something a little more, I don't know, mature, I guess. Yeah. I changed it to more like there's, there's stress and anxiety in the world or something like that. Other yeah. than like, look at that hot girl. 
I got you. I, I think it's interesting that we're talking about changes on an EP titled a little bit of change. Yeah. That's, that's how it all comes together. Yep. It all came together, but um, the, the upcoming EP and that single a uh, little bit of change isn't the only thing you've released this year. And actually throughout the entire pandemic, it looks like you've had a really busy run here lately. What are some of these other singles that I was listening to on your Spotify? Are they just one-off singles or what's kind of. So the first EP came out. It's so funny when it came out, we started recording it in 2019. That was the mm-hmm. first single that I recorded. I actually had carpal tunnel really bad at that time um just old injuries and stuff that were complicating things and it took us i think over four months just to record the first single oh, wow. because my wrist my wrists were so bad i couldn't play the guitar and that's holding on no that's um lost girl okay which is the title of the first ep first ep okay got it and we released another one in i think that following december of 2019 uh called way past the hills and mm. then it was scheduled to f- release on March like 20th, 2020. And I had all these gigs booked and then they locked down everything down like that Friday. And it yep. was like, I, I remember that to this right. day. Cool. So all my gigs were canceled. And all of a sudden I was live streaming from my bedroom and it was like, there was no reverb and it was just like, Oh man, this sucks. But um, yeah. So I just tried to keep it alive doing live streams and continue. I, I took any gig I could get that was, there were some live stream gigs I was able to get, which was cool. And so then a friend of mine said that holding on song is really good. You should release it as a single. And so I said, okay. So I did. Uh, and then was like, no slowing down. I've got over a hundred songs, you know, that I've been writing over the, all these like, like past 20 years. So I want to keep going. And so then I got going on uh, as soon as my producer was able to like reopen his studio and let people come back in. I went in and I started working on it, which is the only standalone single that's not on an album, mm-hmm. I guess, it's out of the darkness, mm-hmm. which came out last August, so about a year ago. Um, and that one was written when I was going through the first song I wrote when I was going through my divorce, um, back in 2016, which is funny because it came out like upbeat, but it's a sad song and, but it's about like finding your way out of that dark place in life. Um, yeah, yeah, it's trying to stay busy, man. I'm actually like not slowing down the, the new EPs coming out in like two or three weeks, but I just went to the studio yesterday to start working on the next album for next year. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Is, is that kind of the plan is to do an EP a year or is that just kind of how it's working right now? I guess I'm just really hungry and I'm okay. like, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to release actually the next one I think is going to be, a, I'm going to try to make it a full length or at least 10 to 12 songs. Yeah. I, that was going to be my next question because it seems like you're doing a lot of singles and EPs if a full length was on the horizon or. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got a ton of songs that I wrote about this last relationship I was in uh, earlier this year. And not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm looking at my head and I'm going, okay, I've got enough songs for just off of that. I feel like it's, a, it's like a Adele or something. You know, I'm writing this whole album about this one relationship. But, um, and then I'm like, man, I know the next one I can put all these other songs on. The next one I can put all these other songs on because I've got a lot of songs. Yeah. Um, I will say that, this is going to be a very bad comparison, but Taylor Swift has made a lot of money about 
ex relationships. I think a lot of people have. <laughs> yeah. I think like, whether they have. admit it or not, there's a lot of musicians that have made a lot of money about yeah. bad relationships or ex relationships. Mm-hmm. I think it's a theme, and I, I don't want to think at some point, you know, it'll be right writing songs about more love songs about being in love. And that's good because that's what this next, the next one is going to be like kind of a spectrum because like, there's going to be like two or three that are like happy and love songs from the beginning. Yeah. Like, then there's a bunch from like after the breakup. And then there's a couple at the end that are like, okay, I'm things are going to be okay. You know, moving forward. And I, I might try to put a cover on the album as well but I'll have to contact that because it's a very famous artist. So you have, I guess you have to like contact their people or something and get approval. Really? I was always kind of curious how the cover song stuff worked. Like when you want to put it on an album, because I've seen, there's like a lot of, especially on Spotify, even though I don't really like listening to music on Spotify, just for political reasons, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, but like, I'll go on there and I'll listen to a band and they've got like an entire album of cover songs. And it's like, how do you pull that off? I have no idea. Like, it just seems like it'd be worth, or it wouldn't be worth the hassle, but. I think you, well, I don't think you're going to make as much money if you're looking to make money on them because yeah. you have to pay royalties to them. And yeah. you know, I think you also have to get like an approval from their like, you know, people. whoever owns the masters or whatever. Yeah. I had a friend, uh, well, a colleague here in Seattle that did a cover of a Blake Shelton song either last year or the year before. And I remember him posting about it. It's like, Oh, we finally got approval. And so then they recorded this cover uh, and they did a good job, but it was just like, okay, so that's probably there. You know, I'm hooked up with a small record label for a, um, since earlier this year for a, uh, what do they call it? A disc, distribution deal yeah. yeah and so through them i i've got hooked up with bmi and ascap or whatever or not ascap but but that kind of route you have to go yeah and so i think I'll, I'll be able to go through those channels to try to get the approval to do this chris chris stapleton song on the nice. next album that'll be and cool if not, that's okay i'll just keep performing it live <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah like if mean worst comes to worst just keep doing it live and yeah People, you know, it, it's funny because I, people ask me or musicians ask me all the time or aspiring musicians, I guess is the best way about, they don't want to get roped into this idea of being a cover musician, but they don't have enough music to perform an hour set or two hour set, like enough original music. And it's like, look, you don't have to like if you have six original songs if you sprinkle in one or two cover songs and you know how to like space them out properly you're not going to get known as a cover artist just because you can't fill an hour set but you know it you know sometimes those cover songs are perfect to have because if you're like losing the crowd because oh they're they're they don't know your music or whatever, but if you break out that Chris Stapleton song, like just depending on what the venue is, you break out a song they know, then you're going to get that crowd right back. So. Yeah. I, you know, I like want to be more focused on the original material and I, that's what I'm doing. But when I'm playing two, three hour sets yeah, and I love, I just love doing covers, man. I love, if I'm like, I really love that song and I'm pretty sure people like this song, I'm going to play it. You know, it's fun. It's also, it can push you to like, push yourself out of like your little comfort zone of like, well, you know, you're going to play your song well because you wrote it. 
yeah. like try to be somebody else and do it really well it's just really fun plus i love taking requests it gets yeah. me involved with the crowd a little more like mm. hey you know, don't be shy if you have a request a lot of people can be shy like a girl came up on friday night and just dropped a little piece of paper and i think a tip in the jar and i was like is she writing me a love note what is this and then it was like oh she wants me to play van morrison i was like cool uh-huh. like brown eyed girl and it was like all right sweet i got a request nice not really about the money but it also can help your tip jar a lot yep. i was actually just going to say that because cover songs you know they if they're connecting with your music like and i mean you could just slide in an original too and i've seen a at a couple of shows where people are like oh like a musician musician will be playing an original and it's like whose song is that you know, and they didn't even know that it was like the artist's original, which is always kind of funny and interesting, like an interesting really perspective to see. Flattering. So I'm going to move just a little bit. Up. Um, it's yeah. really flattering, too, if you play an original and people are like, well, that was really good. Who sings that song? And I was like, I do. Yeah, it's my song. Like, and then I like hand on my card. I'm like, yeah, you can go online and listen to stuff I've written. And so that's really cool, too. If you have a if you have a like that song, um lost girl off my first dp is like probably one of my most popular songs from my my fans and stuff um that's gotten the most you know notice and so that's just really flattering too just like well here's just something that i created and while people are liking it so that's pretty exciting you know yeah Uh, you know it's always like you don't want to become disproportionately known for one song but just like the fact that you've had that you've gotten one or you have one song that's proportionately more known to you is really cool and like gives you some validation i guess is yeah and that's probably i mean i'm really excited about the ep because i i'm pretty proud of it like we put a lot of work into it um which took a lot of patience too where it's like you know because it can get frustrating in the studio sometimes if you're not hitting the guitar part right or you're not hitting the vocal line right and you're just like well i want to get this right i want to feel good about it but we did a remix of lost girl Mm -hmm. because the first the original version just pretty much it's pretty it's pretty raw it's just guitar and like a little uh cajon kind of drum kit and it's, it's great but i wanted to do like a like a kind of club mo- club remix so we added like some bells and whistles my producer got uh co-writing credit on it because he's really good at like writing these like dubstep type he does trap metal but he's really good at production of like beats and like little bells and whistles and stuff adding them in there and so that's going to be on there i'm pretty excited about that that could be like a we'll see we'll see how it's received i think it's going to be received well Cool. And speaking of uh, like going into the studio and recording, what is a recording session like with you? What, um, especially during like the pandemic, is it mainly just you or will you bring in other session musicians? You know, like what, what's a recording session like for you? So far, it's been just me and my producer. Um, I've been playing all the instruments. So mostly, you know, the rhythm guitar lead 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 parts lead guitar parts um i just started doing bass guitar on this last on this new ep so i've got any bass guitar you'll hear is me mm-hmm. uh, all the vocals are me and then 
the only thing that's not me really is the electronic drum kits that we've been putting in. Okay. It's just, it's really, really nice and comfortable for me. And me and him have become pretty good friends over the last few years since we met. And so it's also a really comfortable, safe place where like with this new album that I'm, we just started yesterday, it's, it's a lot of emotion still there around these songs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I feel like I might get, a little emotional at times when we're going to be working on this. And I feel like this is like a really good friend that I, I can, I can do that if I have you can, to, you can be in the moment and yeah, if, I if the song dry my eyes, if I need to. Um, and so, yeah, it's just me and him one-on-one. It's great. We, we BS throughout about life and girls and whatever. And so it's, it's cool. 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 And then um, it look uh, just looking at your, uh, uh, upcoming schedule. It looks like you've got a whole bunch of cool shows coming up. Uh, how, how has the live music been since the pan? Obviously early on in the pandemic, there was nothing, but how's the, uh, live music scene been over the, like the last few months? Have you been doing a lot of shows or have they just recently started picking up? Uh, I've been really busy. Um, I almost want to say I want a break, but this is kind of what I want to do with my life. So I guess got to suck it up. But, um, I started hu- trying to hustle up gigs back in April uh, when I wasn't feeling so good after the most recent breakup I went through. And I was like, I got to get back doing something productive for myself. So I started hustling up, just sending emails, just sending emails, sending emails, researching places. What, I didn't know if they were doing live music or not. Some were, some weren't. And that just started with one gig. Cool. Got that on the books. And then, yeah, the last couple of months I've been like every weekend. And I've got apparently, and then I've got a couple guys up here in Everett, which is just north of Seattle by like 30 minutes. Um, well, without without traffic, um, <laughs> that have hired me on regularly. So mm-hmm. I got one guy. He's got a little beer and wine shop, um, and he's got me like every Friday that I'm available. He wants me to play there. So I think I'm booked out every Friday at least to the end of the year. So it's it's pretty exciting. It's cool. It's really great to have somebody that enjoys your work so much that they want you like a recurring gig yeah it's almost like a residency almost yeah yeah exactly so i'm i'm really grateful for that and then to have the little options to go other places as well it just feels i mean man i don't know i'm like living in a dream at the moment it's it's awesome and what's really cool about that it's the uh, grape and grain venue is that that that's what you're referring to Mm -hmm. okay because what's really cool Go ahead. Oh, there's another guy right down the street who actually referred me to Grape and Grain. Um, and his place is called Soundbite Snyder. He's got a little stage set up and stuff. And he's building out a new place over in Ballard, which is part of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got me on about like once a month. So I've got these like, it's it's awesome. Nice. It's really- and the cool thing about having almost a residency is it gives you an it essentially gives you an audience that you're going to grow comfortable with. And eventually down the line, you could start trying out new stuff that maybe isn't a hundred percent ready, but you know, so that that's really cool. And I like it when musicians find that home, I guess it's kind of like when comedians find that home base and they can go in and try out new material or whatever. So that that's really cool that you found that at uh grape and grain. Yeah, they're great there. And the crowd has been awesome. They're really pretty respectful too. like they're like, I, I, you know, you play in all different kinds of places somewhere that people don't even clap after you play a song. They're talking loud the entire time. You're kind of just like the 
the jukebox in the background almost. Um, and then you go to a place like Grape and Grain or the Soundbite Cider mm-hmm. uh, where the people are pretty respectful. They're listening. If they are talking, they're talking quietly and they're clapping mm-hmm. after every song. And yeah. it's great too, because I'm like, they know they're starting to get to know now that I like to take requests because it's fun yeah. for me. And I, that's happened too. It's like, hey, can you do this one? And I'm like, I don't know. Well, let's find out. And, you know, sometimes it's a train wreck, and sometimes it turns out really good. And you're like, oh, that's good. I better put that on the list. You know? Yeah, yeah. So. I, I've seen that before. Where they'll just a uh, few musicians will take, um, like just requests, cold requests, and they'll end up having to go look up the um the tabs on their phone or whatever just to try and get through the song because they hadn't heard the song in a really long time. So that's always interesting. Uh. One thing that you touched on that I, I do want to talk about here really quick is the difference between when the audience is respectful and engaged, like you'd mentioned at Grape and Grain or um, what's the other venue? Uh, soundbite. Soundbite, soundbite Cider. Um, how do you kind of navigate when the audience just isn't, I don't want to say being respectful, but they're just kind of in their own world. Do you start incorporating more covers or... How, how do you kind of navigate that? Yeah, I'll try to throw in more covers, Adam, mm-hmm. the, the, like really popular ones, like classic rock stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, also, sometimes they're not even paying attention when you're talking into the mic. Yeah. And they might, though, if you're like, hey, if you have a request, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, what? Oh, I can request something cool. That's yeah. where the requests really come in handy. And, of course, you're going to get the free bird and... <laughs> And so I always have that one in the, in the bag, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah it's usually, I just, I'll try to throw more. Also though, I'll try out other stuff. Like I'm like, well, they're they're Are they paying attention or not? Yeah. And so actually I have a one that I, I need to write some lyrics for it, but it's a song I wrote with some friends years ago. We were, tr- we were starting to form a band and it's kind of a three part. Like one guy wrote one part and the other guy wrote the other part. And then I wrote one part. It's a pretty cool, like drop D, like rock and tune on the acoustic. It has no lyrics, but it just, I like playing it. It sounds pretty good. And so yeah. I just tried it out and yeah. So that's, it's fun. You can just, you can try out stuff and you also can throw the covers at them. You know? nice. And you also have to just get outside yourself and not like worry about it. Just have fun with it. Yeah. Awesome. You brought up the Freebird cat call, which is always very funny. I've done it a couple of times to friends that are on stage that are kind of losing the audience. Yeah. And you, like sitting in the back, you can kind of tell that they're losing the audience and I'll do it to either ease the tension or screw with the musician because they know who I am and I know who they are and yeah. they'll have like a little witty comeback for me. And so it's, that's always fun, but I won't ever do like, if I've just met the musician or I have no idea who they are, I won't do it just because it's yeah. like, I don't want to hear Freebird for the 800th time. Somebody else is going to call it out and, but yeah, so. I'm, I'm pretty solid at Freebird. It's just that ending solo. Like I'm a, I'm a decent, I've become a decent lead guitarist, but you know, they yeah. really shred on that solo. I don't know if I'm doing it justice with just my simple pentatonic stuff that I'm, yeah. but yeah, it's sure. fun. It's cool. Just, cool. Yeah. yeah. Completely understood. And so then outside of music, you mentioned that you uh, drink a lot of coffee and you do some side gigs at a coffee shop, but when you need to like escape from everything, what are some of the hobbies that you lean into or stuff of that nature? Um, I like video games a lot and movies. 
Uh, I don't game as much as I used to, but I'm trying to get back into it for like just that. Let me just check out for a while and like jump into like a Wizards and Warriors kind of thing and just become something else for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I love exercise too, uh, meditation. So I would do like Tai Chi and yoga. And then I like to do like weights and stuff like that too. I like to keep my body fit. Um, so I have a lot of old injuries. So if I don't keep it in shape, I yeah. just, I'll hurt a lot. Uh, so that's really nice. Going on long walks, man, just like kind of, even without the headphones on is nice too. I've been trying to do that too. Just like what they call a walking meditation where you're just like going walking and like breathing and just being present mm-hmm. and like looking at how it's a lot goes back to that car accident. When I, when I'm, things are rough in life at all, I'm like, look how lucky I am to have like feet that move and the trees and, you know, it's just simple things that, yeah. Uh, checking out as far as checking out though, it's uh, video games is probably one of the greatest things that you just, you can just get sucked in. I grew up on them and yep, now yep. football season. I love me some American football. Yep. I'm getting ready to watch my, uh, Chicago bears. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do against Cincy this week, but we'll see. How are you guys looking this year? Well, we didn't look too good against the Rams last week. So, but I mean, the Rams are like, what's that? They got a really good defense though. The Rams just got a good team, period. And especially with Matt Stafford as their quarterback now, it's just like, all right, I'll, I'll take that L. It, it happens. So, yeah. But, all right. So, are you a Seahawks, right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Seahawks fan. And I also like the Packers uh, because of, my parents are from Wisconsin. And so okay. I got all my family over there. But that's become a bit of a rivalry now that the Packers and Hawks play each other in the playoffs usually. So yeah. that's, that's been fun between me and my cousins and stuff on Facebook. Nice. Yeah. It's a, they like, I don't take sports rivalries too seriously. Like back in the day, I have, I'm a huge White Sox fans and a lot of my friends were Cubs fans. And so like that rivalry was really serious. And then like, but for whatever reason, the only rivalry I still take very seriously is bears Packers. Like that's yeah, just, that's a big one. Yeah, that's just like for whatever reason I can't let that one go. So <laughs> well, to be fair, Packers fans can be kind of obnoxious. So yeah, and it's funny because my best friend growing up is a Packers fan, and yeah. like was, when they they play, it seemed like the Bears would always lose. And yeah, um, so it's but that was during the Brett Favre era, so it's just kind of like yeah, you, you're gonna yeah, let they, that one slide. They didn't look so good recently, so we'll see how that plays out for the Packers. Yeah, well, I Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem like he wants to be there. Like he's just yeah, kind of like, he's just kind of like, yo, I, I'm done after this year. So whether that means he's retiring or he's going somewhere else, so. Yeah, that was an interesting development in the off season. So I was like, okay, is he playing with them or what's happening? Yeah, I mean, he's playing, but he's just kind of like there physically, but not mentally. Yeah, well, that'll that'll show you down. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that all plays out. And then you brought up video games. I was trying to get back into video games during the pandemic, but the PS4 went like non-existent, and then the PS5, which that was released two years ago, last year, whatever it was, that became non-existent. And it's like I'm not paying a thousand dollars for a system that I'm going to be able to get for three hundred bucks eventually. Like it's just not happening. So. 
be patient on that. I don't know what's up with that. And Sony can't, Oh, I heard they can't get this one processor piece or something. Yeah. They, they, there's, it's something like that going on. And it's like, I'll just keep playing my PS2 because I bought one at a used game shop for 20 bucks. Nice. You know, I'll go back. Great games on that system. Man. Oh yeah. Games. It's funny though. Some of those really good games are like just as expensive if you were to go buy a brand new PS5 game though. Really? And it's just like, I don't need to play San Andreas that badly that I'm going to go pay 50 bucks. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I guess if you buy it brand new maybe, but um, it also depends on the supply and demand. Yep. So I remember there was like a game that I really wanted to play while back and I was looking, it was Marvel versus Capcom on like PlayStation 2 or something. Yeah. Game shop. And it was like, there's a used copy. We've got one copy and it's like $50. And I was like, what? Yeah. Can it be like 20? And the guy was like, yeah, well, there's only like one in circulation right now. And I was like, yeah. So you're marking it up. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those deals where, yeah, it, that's very, very much what it is. What's like game if when you were playing games? Like What's style? That? Like do you like RPGs? You like action? You like oh, uh, for me, I went through a huge like the most consistent was like Grand Theft Auto stuff like yeah. that. That that was always kind of the consistent. But I went through like a huge sports phase where I was playing Madden and baseball or um, uh, what is it? MLB the Show. Um, I was playing stuff like that. And then I went through a huge uh, first person shooter. So like call of duty and stuff like that. So, nice. you know, it, it just kind of changed and I want to jump back into the call of duty realm, but I haven't played call of duty since 2013. So it's just kind of like, are you saying like online call of duty? Cause that, yeah, that is. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. The online uh, battle Royale, not the battle Royale. That's what they do now. But like the, um, yeah the games online and I used to be pretty decent. I got to a point where I could hold my own against the, like the really top echelon players, but it, now I'll probably just, yeah, get destroyed every time. So. Yeah. I love playing the old games too. Like, even though it's like not an old, old game, I just picked up uh ghost recon advanced warfighter, which was like the, on the 360 Xbox 360 that came out years ago. And it was mm-hmm. like, a more advanced game anyways and that's just been really fun to go back but then i love also playing like the old nintendos mm-hmm. working nintendos yep and that and now it's football season i'll play the seahawks versus like whoever they're playing that week it's yeah. like a ritual of mine on game day and get my coffee get my jersey on and like and now i'm I just got plugged in with a buddy and there's like this online there's like all these techno guys online they play online together so I'm trying to set up this emulator now and I ordered like a PC and Nintendo yeah. controller. I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's going to be fun. Cause yeah, they, have a tournament. they have a tournament every year in Wisconsin, which is a great excuse for me to go visit family too. And like mm-hmm. go to this tournament and like play tech mobile against all these guys. And like, that sounds awesome. That's fun. Yeah. It's a, uh, I got the back at my, uh, de- or my parents' place. I have an old Super Nintendo and N64. I don't have any games for them because I, because I originally, I lost my original or not lost. I, for the longest time, I couldn't find my original Super Nintendo or N64. And so at some point I was at a flea market and I saw both of them there. Like you can get both systems for 50 bucks or whatever. And I was like, cool, here you go. And they both had like two games, which, you know, they were throwaway games essentially. 
but yeah. I got into a pinch and I was just like, I need to sell this stuff. And like vintage video games were starting on the come up. And so like, I ended up selling both systems for like 50 bucks a piece. Nice. And so it was just like, Hey, cool. Made a little bit of money. You never do that on video games, but you know, I've actually sitting on a couple copies of like super Nintendo games that are worth like 50 bucks. Yeah. But I'm trying to charge my friend 50 bucks for them is probably going to happen. But like, <laughs> I didn't even know how much it was worth. And I, it's not a game I'll play. It's like a RPG, like turn-based, you know, yeah. low. I like the fast paced stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. But right now I've got the super, the SNES classic or whatever it was the little modulator okay. thing that they yeah. came out with a couple of years ago. But that's awesome. That's about what I play right now. I love that. Mario Kart all the time. I just changed my ring tax and my alarm today to wake up for this interview because you know it's early over here. Yeah. Um, was uh the classic Castlevania theme song. Nice. And I was there like, I'm just gonna let that play, and that just makes me want to get up and play Castlevania because this is just like the greatest song ever. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And then so I'm assuming you're gonna jump in after this interview, you're gonna jump in to play some football before. Yeah, I always like to play game day before the game go, starts, so I'll be playing. Actually, oh, I'm going to have to play Madden because we're playing the Titans today. Interesting. Or I have a Game Boy version of Tech Bowl that I think Tennessee is on because yeah. the old one, Tennessee, didn't exist. Yeah, it's the – I mean, you could play the Houston Oilers, but then they are like the – I don't know. You know the Texans, technically, so – yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to get really technical about it, the Houston Oilers did move to Tennessee. Oh, really? Yeah, the Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee and became the Tennessee Titans. Oh, okay. So, like, if you want to be technical, technical, you can get away with it. But, okay. you know, once Do you I get... Really want to go up against Warren Moon, though? Probably Is not. That... That's who I'll be playing. <laughs> Probably not. Play the <laughs> what time do uh, what time does uh, do Seattle play today? One twenty-five, and Tennessee is in town. And Tennessee looks pretty tough, man. I got Tannehill. They got Julio Jones now. I think. Yeah. And yep. it's, uh, one of the guys on my fantasy team. He's supposed to be a pretty good wideout. So nice. Oh, I gotta go look at my. I did for the first time in like two years. I did a DraftKings uh, okay. fantasy. Uh, like not a league, but like just one of their weeks or whatever. Yeah. And I did that this week because I was bored and I was just like, yeah, let's see what happens. And nice. I'll probably, I'll probably lose, but yeah. Are those pretty fun? It, I prefer the Yahoo fantasy leagues. Like just yeah. like whether you're doing it with your buddies and you're each doing a buy-in or whatever, just because there's more chatter back and forth. And it's like eight people that you no or whatever and it's yeah. more like community-based and you're gonna be able to have more long-term invested interest in it whereas with DraftKings, yeah. it's just kind of like that week and then you move on to the next week you know uh, does that make sense kind of yeah. Right. yeah but i i had an extra five bucks so i was just like yeah let's see what happens and it's not never overly know. expensive so never know yeah absolutely but I don't want to keep you too much longer so you can get to your uh, Sunday <laughs> ritual because yeah. it's almost, uh, well, no, got about two hours before kickoff, at least for me. Yeah, okay. We're probably going to get smoked by Cincinnati, depending on who's their quarterback. I don't know who's playing for Cincinnati today, but 
Yeah, right. I hope we don't get destroyed, but I do hope Joe Mixon does well because he's the best running back I got right now. So okay. I kind of got I didn't get to go to our draft, and so okay. I had to have somebody else draft for me. And he did okay, but it's, I'm just going, oh man. But then this guy wanted to make a trade, and I picked up Sterling Shepard and some the guy won the Heisman. Yeah. So maybe that'll pan out. I don't know. I'm hoping Jameis Winston repeats what he did last week. Dude, he could be good over there, man. Like yeah. he's a good team over there. So yep. I you know, I was just sitting there. I was like, I don't want to put a whole bunch of because like for the DraftKings, it's um you get like fifty thousand dollars, or you get like basically a signing cap and you gotta just buy your players essentially. Okay. And so I was looking for a discount quarterback that wasn't going to cost me a whole bunch of money, but was going to give me the maximum amount of points. And yeah. for whatever reason, it was just like Jameis Winston didn't cost that much. And I was looking at what he did last week and it was like, that's the guy I want, you know, and just kind of looking at who he is playing this week. So it's like, okay, if you can do what you did last week, I'm golden. But, yeah. I have a pretty solid team there in new Orleans. And mm. I got uh, Thomas, on my roster, but he's hurt. So yeah. I'm just hoping he gets healthy in the next few weeks and then he comes back and then it'll be like, all right. All right. We're so in there. We're in it. Right. it. Yeah. But fantasy football, it, it's a crapshoot. I've only won one league ever in the 20 some odd years that I've been playing fantasy football. Right. But I yeah. won one time and it was great because we have a lot of money in our pool. So mm-hmm. winner took like 500 bucks or something. So that's pretty cool. Nice. That's awesome. But um, I don't want to keep you that much longer. If people want to check out your music or want to check out any upcoming shows, uh, where's the uh, best place for them to do that? Utechmusic.com, uh, or you can also go check me out on the Facebook. There's going to be events on there. Uh, Instagram, also, I post like updates and stuff like that, photos and stuff. But most of the best way to find the calendar is going to be on my website. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Joshua, thank you so much for joining us. But before I let you go, what's one piece of advice you have for the young musicians out there ready to make the next step? Believe in yourself and don't give up. Work hard and just have fun, man. It's not a race. Be patient and just believe in that. Awesome. Well, once again, Joshua, thank you so much for jumping on here. It's been an absolute blast talking with you. I didn't think we were going to go into fantasy football talk, but, you know, <laughs> you just never know on this podcast anymore. But I uh, really appreciate nice you. What's that? Nice to meet you, Tom. Nice to meet you, too. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And don't forget to vote for the Live and Amplify – or nominate – not vote. Voting's not up yet. Nominate the Live and Amplify livecast on the Waco Awards for Best Podcast of the Year. The link is in the description below. Once again, Joshua Utech, thank you for joining us. Make sure you go check out all his, uh, his new single and his new EP in a couple weeks when it drops. And we will see you guys later. Have a great one. Yep. All right, we're good. Sweet, man. All right.